Welcome, friends. We're Dana and Victoria, and this is Reconnecting with Pleasure, a podcast that helps you find more joy, presence, and so much pleasure by reconnecting with yourself and your desires. We're two moms, coaches, and all-around badass bitches who are obsessed with changing rules and always seeking more. More joy, more fun, more orgasms, more pleasure, more eating. And we want you to have it all, too. Welcome back, friends. This is Dana and Victoria, and we are the Reconnecting with Pleasure podcast. And in today's episode, we are talking about why do we have to reconnect with pleasure? I think that as we keep talking about pleasure, what is pleasure? Why pleasure? Like, this is it. This is the why. And I feel like I wanted to start us off with a little, like, snippet. Um, example of a conversation that I overheard when I was in the airport a couple of weeks ago, coming back from a retreat in Florida with Victoria. Victoria was not with me at the airport, but um, it was just such a contrast to the weekend that we had just experienced in that our weekend was filled with all kinds of pleasure and delight and joy and rest. And I was at the airport in Atlanta. I had a connection, which was horrible. This was like the plane ticket that I accidentally purchased. I don't know if anyone's ever accidentally purchased a plane ticket. I had not before this, Um, but I did. I did not. I don't do connections. I hate them. I hate them with all of my heart, but I had. They don't bring you pleasure, Dana. They don't bring me any kind of pleasure. I'm like, I'm already on the, I'm already on the airplane. Let's just keep going. But mm-hmm. I I had a layover in Atlanta, which was to me a horrible airport. I could not find a fork or a spoon anywhere. I don't know why that bothered me so much, but it did. Because uh, I found a cake that, anyway, that has nothing to do with my story. <sighs> so I'm in the airport and I'm still like basking in the afterglow of retreat weekend And there's a woman that was sitting behind me on the phone with her friend. And she's almost hysterical. I won't say she was hysterical, but she was having lots of feelings about having to go back to work tomorrow. I'm like, girl, I feel you. (laughs) I feel you so deeply. But she's just like, I am so stressed out. I feel so anxious. Just the idea of walking into that space tomorrow makes me want to have an anxiety attack. This is so, this is so stressful. And I wanted to turn around and be like, I hear you. How can I help? Because that's what we do as caretakers and coaches and And pleasure doulas. Pleasure doulas. We're wanting to help facilitate all of the joy and pleasure for other people's lives. Um, especially as I'm, again, coming off the high of receiving my own. Like, how do I share this? Um, she was on the phone and I'm not that person that's going to interject myself into someone else's conversation or phone conversation or moment that they're having. But it just reminded me, like, this is... I find it unfortunate. I think that so many of us, we go day to day and we go to work and we, and we um, have other responsibilities and obligations that are just so incredibly draining, but not just physically, but like to our emotional and mental health. And how do you, 
how do we reclaim some of that? How do we figure out like, what is our purpose and what do we value and what, and how to live that on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think this connects to our episode about like, there's nothing wrong with you and why we're talking about why do we have to reconnect with pleasure? It's because our society forces a disconnection. Like it's hard to know where I begin and my like socialization and capitalism and the patriarchy ends. Like we live in a society that has normalized productivity as being output and work as like, you know, the primary indicator of success. And we have normalized working I mean, first of all, we normalize working 40 hours and now we've normalized working 50 hours and more. And especially I think as places have been work from home or hybrid, while maybe it chops it up differently, most people I know who work remotely work more hours than they would have when they were commuting because yeah, they might take a break to walk the dog in the afternoon or go to a doctor's appointment, but then they're picking back up or they're starting earlier or like, anyway, we've normalized this way of being and workplaces that are really exploitive. And we have to reconnect with pleasure because we've never really been conditioned to connect with it in the beginning. I mean, there's all these studies that show like millennials and other generations of folks who change jobs and change careers and change companies. I mean, not super often, but more often than their than previous generations. I mean, I was raised by a boomer who, you know, they had a job and that's what you did. You got paid, it kept a roof over your head, it kept food in your belly, and it didn't matter whether or not that work brought you joy. It didn't matter if that work felt fulfilling. Thinking about the great resignation, people are done. People are over this, like, I'm just, I'm just working to be a cog in the wheel. Is that a cog in the wheel? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I need more. Like, I need to feel fulfilled in the work that I do on a daily basis. The fact that we are working more hours than we are experiencing life feels like a pro- Like, that is a very U.S.-centric problem. And, like, what's the point? What the you know, I think we're all kind of collectively hitting this, like to what end, right? Like, what's is it is it worth it? And you know, I think even for me, Dana, you were talking about that retreat. I mean, it was a delicious business retreat, right? It wasn't something I necessarily would have just indulged in, like, let's just go away for a weekend. And, and not to say I never do that, but this was like, it was our business coach and it was part of our business coaching. And so, I was noticing for myself how number one, I'm, I don't think I would have done that otherwise. And there's a, a, a list of reasons why, but, and then when I first got the schedule, I was like, why isn't there more work involved in this? Girl, me too. And then had to really pause and be like, maybe that's the point that, and, and we ended up having such creativity come when we stopped doing and started just being, but I found myself saying like, to my family and my kids and stuff like, oh, I'm going to be in Florida for work. And then I was kind of like, but, and then I was like disrupting my own bullshit. Like, yes, this is work doesn't have to look like grueling, stressful, intense. And I, I want to be the change. I want to model for people that for us that weekend work looked like going on a sunset boat cruise and 
go, taking a leisurely walk on the beach with a delicious cup of coffee and listening to somebody play the piano in the coffee shop. And then afterwards, there was so much creativity and joy that flowed and connection. Um, but even for me, and I think like I'm constantly talking about like, how do we push past these systems and heal ourselves from them and blah, blah, blah. And yet I was stuck in the trap of like, but wait, can I tell my kids I'm working if I'm in Florida on a beach? Am I, is that work? But fuck yes. Fuck yes. I want my children to grow up feeling like their work brings them joy. I don't want them waking up and like, oh fuck, the Monday morning blues. Like that's a, the fact that that's even a saying that's so normalized. The Sunday, Sunday scaries, right? The Sunday scaries. The fact that that mm -hmm. feels normal feels like a problem. How do we make this not normal? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, so we talk about work, right? And the Sunday scaries. And then we talk about, particularly for like women, caretakers, folks who are um, taking care of kids, other family members, right? Um, we add in beyond work, or maybe that is work, but all the other things that come with it, right? Mm -hmm. Caring for children, caring for elderly family members, who's doing the grocery shopping, who knows what birthday party or family barbecue or what's going on, who knows what they're going to do that weekend, where the art supplies are kept, who's doing the ironing, or even just the drop off and pick up at the dry cleaners, whatever it is. There are so many additional responsibilities that are often invisible that disproportionately tend to fall on women. It's not exclusive and it's disproportionate. Um, and then we add all these things in and wonder why, back to when we talk about like dysfunctional, like we wonder why it's hard to access pleasure and it's hard to especially access like sexual pleasure. Like who has time? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know who has time. And I think that men have time. There is actual data to back this up around the pleasure gap between men and women and their ability to, uh, I don't know, their ability and the time that they have to access pleasure throughout their days and weeks, whether it's mm -hmm. they're playing vi video games and I'm sitting here washing dishes. Like, why the fuck are you playing video games while I'm, while I'm washing dishes? Why do I have to ask you to take out the trap? These are, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> well, I, I was listening to a podcast recently and one of the things they talked about is that for a lot of men, um, sex and sexual arousal is a stress reliever. So when mm -hmm. stressed, they experience more arousal, whereas women and people with vulvas, it tends to be the opposite. And there's no clear, according to this, there was no clear science as to why that is just yet. And I, my wondering is how much of that is also socialized and conditioning where I think some humans are more equipped to prioritize the things that are important to them than others. And the reality is that most of the time after having really yummy sex and, and, and an orgasm, I think a lot of people are like, damn, why don't I do that more often? Because it is a huge natural stress relief. I mean, your body floods with endorphins. It feels really good. It feels connecting. It brings you back into your body. There are so many like benefits. Like if we think about holistic wellness and mm -hmm. mindfulness, there's so many benefits um, but often getting, there's like obstacles to getting to a place where we can get there. And I think 
when we think about how do we reconnect with pleasure, some of it is, is being honest with ourselves about some of this. Like number one, nothing is wrong with you if you're freaking exhausted because your job expects you to work more than any one person should. And I don't think anyone should have to work more than like 35 hours a week. So like, whatever, I fall on the side of, can we all just live a little? Um, but if you're exhausted, that's that's not, there's nothing wrong with you. But how do we acknowledge like, I feel really exhausted and that becomes a barrier to this. Or if there's dishes in the sink or piles of laundry, or if the house is a mess, or if the schedule for the following week and who's taking care of the kids isn't clear yet, that's going to be the stuff that that's then on my mind if I'm trying to engage in, I mean, partnered sex, self-pleasure, whatever. Um, because I think when we know that, then we can prioritize. So maybe you wake up early, clean the house, make your to-do list, make your grocery list, and then go for a walk and then have the afternoon for a little afternoon delight if you want, knowing that the next day you're going to buy the groceries and some of the things are done. Some of the things are done. I love being able to sneak things in throughout my week so that it doesn't feel like it's piled up on just one given day. I also want to acknowledge that the thing that you said about men and being their form of stress relief and arousal, like is sex. There's a, there's a chapter in Emily Nagowski's <laughs> Come As You Are that talks just about that, like how some mm. people when they're stressed, they're more aroused, and when some people who are who are not stressed, like that's when. I'm able to be more aroused, um, which I find really interesting. Um, and I can't quote anything because that's just not my, how my brain works. I would have to go back to the book and open it up and then and then quote it for you. Uh, I think part of what it also has me thinking about, especially when we think about like sex and stress relief, is how we get socialized, especially as women, about what sex is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And I think there can be shame in the fact that like, that sex is supposed to be intimate and present and romantic and like it's supposed to be a kind of way. And like maybe the way your stress relief happens is like a little dirtier and a little more um, unexpected or whatever, or maybe it's solo and that feels really difficult because I think, again, we get conditioned that that means something about our partner if we just want some time to pleasure ourselves. And fuck all of those rules that like, if what, if you pause and you're like, I'm so stressed, but like, if I could have some dirty, this kind of, that kind of, whatever kind of sex, that would feel really good. Find a consenting partner, or if you don't, if it doesn't require a consenting partner or partners, like, go for it. Do it. Do the thing. Relieve, relieve, relieve the stress. If that works for you. It might be a run. It might be a walk. It might be cleaning your bathroom with a fine tooth toothbrush. If that's what you need to do, then please follow me. I think the biggest that to me, like the thing, if, if, if you ask me, like, what do I hope we take away from the conversation? To me, the biggest thing is that like, it is, it is number one, it's okay. If it doesn't feel natural or organic to center things that bring you pleasure, whatever that is, a walk outside, like, like you just said, Dana, right? Um, and number two, it is, it is okay to recalibrate your life so that you can center more around your pleasure and delight. And number three, your life will probably immediately feel different 
better, more satisfying, more fulfilling, less stressful when your pleasure is centered more. And that's because of some of the natural side effects that I just said, a, a workout builds endorphins, um, you know, gratitude builds endorphins. There are so many things that, that, that bring us pleasure that immediately actually have a biological impact. But also there's an energetic difference. You know, when you say, I have all these things on the to-do list, but I'm going to start with what's most rejuvenating to me right now, or what's one thing that brings me pleasure. And then I'm going to fill in these other things versus saying, I'm going to do all these things and hope that there's room and time left over for me. That energetic switch is a fucking game changer because you're immediately sending a message to yourself that you're important. Ooh, how dare we prioritize ourselves? Go figure. And like, I'd love to say also, like I, I work to live. I don't live to work in response to the, that I have to do this X, Y, and Z. I mean, you have to do the X, Y, and Z because some, somebody in an office who works probably 25% of your bandwidth, um, told you that this thing made up thing needs to get done. And then we, then, you know, then I start going on the spiral of like, all of this is just made up work anyway. (laughs) And the more we sit there doing more work, we're just making up more work to do. And none of it's actually real. I feel like we're in the matrix. Um, But also like I work so I can live my life. This, Mm -hmm. my work is not me. My work is not my life. No. And I mean, my mother died when she was 57. And I think it gave me this, so young, this really unique perspective on up close, you know, she, she had cancer. So she, she died quickly, but not suddenly. And so over the course of about 10 months, she had enough time to grapple with and talk about life. And at one point she even pulled me over and she was like, Victoria, I need you to look around this room right now. Not a single bit, not nothing in this room is going to come with me. But every single place I've been and every single memory I've had is is coming with me. And that's what's bringing me, me peace right now. Not like a nice outfit, not a nice car, not a big house. Um, but my mother is the only woman I've seen up close who truly um, prioritized her pleasure and joy. And she traveled a ton. And from the time we were babies, we would be left with grandma or auntie or somebody, and she would travel, um, depending on her resources. When we were really little, it was Mm -hmm. less frequently, but as we got older, it was, it was several times a year. Um, and she saw a lot of the world and as a result, and I think it was like, just such an invitation to remember what's actually important. And now I think often about like, is what are the things that truly, if, if I knew I was going to die in six months, I'd be like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I cannot die knowing I didn't short of like, I mean, my children and things like that. But like, mm-hmm. what are the things that I, that like I, I haven't done or I have done? And I guarantee none of it is like my fucking to-do list for work or how clean my house is. Not even a little bit, not even a little bit. And I think that the work that I do and my full-time job and also the work that Victoria used to do. I think that this idea that we do it for the love of fill in the blank. Um, 
and so nice tool for manipulation to people who are socialized mm -hmm. to be caretakers. Exactly. It mm -hmm. is a manipulation tool. It is a way mm -hmm. to say, this is how we can also keep you underpaid, under-resourced, but also overworked. So how can we ask you to do more with less? Mm -hmm. um, and the stress, like the emotional toll that that takes, mm -hmm. the, the amount of emotional labor that that takes. It's, mm -hmm. we often do Strengths Quest. Is it Strengths Finder or Strengths Quest? Um, in our work, and it's always interesting to see how many people fall into that relational piece, right? The people who, the people who are the caretakers, who are the caregivers, who are, who have empathy pretty high up on their list of their top five strengths. And they, you know, I think that a lot of organizations, <laughs> um, companies, institutions, whatever, um, I think they bank on whatever it is that is your strength to almost take advantage of mm -hmm. that strength, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, mm -hmm. this person is a strategizer. And so how do we, <laughs> how do we reap all of the stra strategy out of them? Exploit. I don't know. Exploit. <laughs> thank you. Exploit the empathy, the strategy, the fill in the blank out of, out of them. I mean, this is a whole nother episode about, I think, work-life balance and culture around like, how do, how do we in America see our work? Um, mm -hmm. I think that's a great future topic. Yeah. I mean, there's countries um, all over the world who have figured it out, right? And it goes back to like caring about caring about the humans that do a lot of the work, caring mm -hmm. about the fact that people have babies. Go figure. People over profits and not just yes. women and birthing people, that there are other important people who yeah. should be present in, in a uh, caretaking role in expanding a family. Mm-hmm. And I would just offer that beyond the work part too. Like I notice how sometimes I get resentful that, you know, when, when I'm thinking about, I ask my kids what you want to do this weekend. Like I try to be like, I try to approach each weekend with a, like a plugging in something that for everybody, like, and then I'll notice at the end of the weekend, like nobody fucking asked me what I want to do this weekend. Mm. And then mm. I realize that's because I have never led with, um, I'd really like to do X this weekend. What would you like to do? What would you like to do? So that then it normalizes the conversation where mom has desires too. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been, you know, it's another one of those moments where I'm like, well, shoot, how could I do this differently? But I think it's important to talk about how it happens at work because I, I do think that's a huge part of it, but it doesn't only happen there. If nobody in your life is asking you what you want you can be mad at all of them, sure. And also, I would invite you to think about how often do you, even to yourself, say what you want. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is the entry point into reconnecting, is what's one thing? And ask yourself right now, what's one thing right now that I really want? And um, maybe your schedule is packed this week, but find the next week on your schedule where you can block out 30 minutes just for you. And commit to not moving it. Put yourself on your calendar first. And put one thing you want on your calendar first. And I'm trying to be realistic here that maybe it's like, I want to take 
as a mom, my shower, showers became a thing of like, how quickly can I get in and out because other people need me and other people need the bathroom and whatnot. So sometimes the thing I want is to just like take as long as I want in the shower and let it be really enjoyable. And maybe you start there, or maybe it's like, I really want to go to my favorite sushi restaurant and I won't be able to get there for a couple of weeks, but put on your calendar right now and promise yourself you're going to follow through and do it because that's how we start the reconnection process. Mm-hmm. I'd also invite you to ask like, what's important and what's not. Right. Like, Mm. I think that there's so many things that we get bogged down with on a daily basis that just they don't need to happen in this moment or they may not need to actually happen at all. But we've convinced ourselves that they need to happen and it needs Mm -hmm. to happen immediately. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I love to ask myself, like, (laughs) does this actually need to happen or is is do I have the perception that this needs to happen? Um. And like, I, I, I don't know my closest example in this moment is that I came from a household with a mom who cleaned incessantly. Like you can go to her house and eat off the floor right now. My children will also say the same thing. I probably would not eat off of my floor. I would, I would like to eat off of my floor. Um, but I, I also have a dog and so I just wouldn't, um, and, and like, I definitely grew up in the house. Like, everything has to be perfect at all times. Like, you can't have stuff mm-hmm. on the counter. You can't sit on the couch. You can't, you know, like, there has to be vacuum lines in the floor. Are these things important? And, mm-hmm. like, I get into that that trap of, like, I can't have people over unless everything is perfect and clean. And, like, maybe that's some trauma that I'm working through. Um, because mm-hmm. it does, it, I think it gets in the way of Mm -hmm, what's mm -hmm. important and if it's having friends come over and just hanging out and feeling relaxed and fine and like everything is fine like they're not looking for dust they don't give a shit if i have vacuum lines in my floor they don't care if there's two crumbs on the counter they don't actually want to eat off of anybody's floor um so none of these things matter but Mm -hmm. i will spend hours cleaning because in my head it it matters Mm-hmm. I will spend hours cleaning before someone comes over. Let me let me qualify that. Um, and it gets in the way. Because sometimes yeah. I do want to just hang out. And I, and I want to do it in my house. And then I'm like, oh, but then I have to clean. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I know that to be true. I don't. But I think this is such a brilliant, like, anchor question. Like, one of those, like, questions that's like a filter. Like what's really important right now. And if you ask me like what's what's most important to me about my home, it's that it's filled with like laughter and mm-hmm. connection and love and mm-hmm. experiences. Mm-hmm. And yet most of the days I, I do a pretty good job now, but it's it's a practice to make that where most of the time gets spent. And I, you know, I think about this like you know, I'll say like what I value about money as an example, but if you look at where we spend our money, that's the best way to know what we actually value Mm. and how we spend our time is one of the same ways. And this came from, you know, my background is doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work. And I would tell leaders all the time, you know, you have in your like priorities and your pillars, diversity, equity, and inclusion, but where is it in your calendar and in your budget? And I think the same thing about pleasure if connection is what's most important to you, why is it the last thing that sprinkles in when there's time? 
if laughter and play is what's important, why do we not say, why do we say, if there's time after I do the food shopping and the cleaning and the laundry and the work and the this and cook dinner and clean up, then maybe we can play for half an hour before bed. No. And, and it's like, these are just arbitrary rules that have been given to us by frankly, generations before us that didn't have the same amount of resources and choice. And of course there's privilege in all of that. And you don't have to have a lot of privilege to decide that your house doesn't have to be spotless if instead you get to play with your kids for half an hour. How much of that is like control, right? Like this is the thing that I feel like I can control. I can control Completely. the cleanliness of my house. I may not be able to control whatever happens outside of my house or the ability to, I have no idea, I take my kids to the um, an amusement park because... As we all know, they cost a ridiculous amount of money. So much um, money. So like what in my control is that I can provide a clean, safe space for my family. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what and, I. And it's just what I've always done. And sometimes it's nostalgic. Like this is mm-hmm. what I, my mom did. And I loved and, and I feel close to my mom when I mm-hmm. do it or whatever. And, and I think to me, the point is just let it be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, to pause and, and use the question you offered, Dana, is like, is this really important? And what do I really want? And if I'm thinking about my time and my resources and my energy, and, and can I start with what's most important and what brings me pleasure? And not that that has to, like, I'm not saying let your house be so filthy and dirty that it's unhealthy. That's not going to bring me any pleasure. (laughs) No, it's not. But like, sometimes it's okay if there's dishes in the sink for a couple of hours so you can enjoy daylight time together instead of like missing it or whatever. So it's Mm -hmm. just an opportunity to start to be intentional, I think, about like, how do we use our time? Why? And are there ways that better align with bringing us pleasure and joy? And I think pleasure begets pleasure. I think the more that I prioritize connecting with myself, connecting with the people I love most, connecting with things that bring me joy and pleasure, the more then, or the easier it becomes to Mm -hmm. continue to prioritize those things. Right. Like any habit, it takes practice. It's a muscle that you have to flex and, and build. With that, should we wrap it up? (laughs) We should totally wrap it up. Schedule some time for yourself for whatever you want. You will be happy for it. I am almost willing to guarantee it. Absolutely. And I invite you to think about what are the things that bring you pleasure and how, how does that connect with your own pleasure and why is that important to you? And I love the question that Victoria mentioned earlier that she gives to folks that she's DEI consulting with. Where do you see pleasure in your calendar and in your budget, right? And that will show you how you are prioritizing pleasure in your own life. And yourself. And yourself. You're you're worthy and you deserve to be prioritized in your own life. Babe, you are so worthy. Mm-hmm. We all are. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Thanks, listening to us. Bye. See you soon. See you soon. That's all for today. Thanks so much for spending your time with us. Don't forget to smile at yourself in the mirror, have an orgasm, and laugh until your belly hurts.